see everybody. Merry Christmas to all of you. How is everyone doing? All right. Well, it is good to see you. I'm just, I'm really celebrating what all God has done. Now, you all, I don't want to get it twisted. There's been some difficult things. There's been some hard things going on, um, some things we've all had to navigate. We've lost some great people. Some of us have been sick. Some of us have recovered. But at the end of the day, Jesus is still on the throne. And has anybody in here, has God been good to you in spite of the other crazy things? Can we just give God a hand praise for what he's done for us this year? Amen. Well, I've got a quick 20 minutes to help y'all as we go into 2022. So y'all know we're doing abbreviated services, so I got to give you the best I got in like 17 minutes. <laughs> Somebody excited, like, yes, 17 minutes, Jesus. Yes, God. <laughs> So look, before we get started, I want to set the stage with a song, um, and this comes from one of my favorite movies growing up, and this is going to help lead us right into the message that I have for you. We can go ahead and get that started. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look, and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin Traveling in the world of my creation What we'll see will defy Explanation If you want to view paradise Simply look around and view it Anything you want to do it Want to change the world There's nothing to it I heard that baritone out there. <laughs> Hurry up, Violet. This way, Grandpa. No life I know to compare with pure imagination Living there you'll be free If you truly wish to be That song comes from a movie called Willy Wonka. And as a kid, I would watch that and it would set my imagination on fire. A world that was created where you could eat everything? Maybe I was just greedy as a kid, but that sounded like heaven to me. I can eat anything. And a piece of me, even in watching this, I feel like going into this next year of 2022, that Willy Wonka is so representative of what God is saying to us. He's created this whole world. And he's telling us there's no life I know like a world of pure imagination. And there's a time when I believe we as adults specifically, we've lost the passion for dreaming. We've lost the passion for just sitting and imagining what could be. And the world, jobs, money, people, they crush that creativity and we start giving up on things and we get so caught up into the day-to-day -day and the nine-to-five. But I'm here to tell you that God wants us to continue dreaming. He wants to do more. He wants to do more for us. And I, you know, I watch stuff like this with my daughter 
And, you know, her eyes light up the way mine probably still do even after all these years. And she was like, Daddy, can we jump through the TV and get a lollipop? <laughs> because in the world of imagination as a child, that's still possible. And I don't think it's coincidental that Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you can't come into the kingdom of God. I believe there's something powerful about our imagination. There's something powerful about our, powerful about our ability to dream. And I believe that in this message, God wants to remind you, and he sent me to tell you, don't stop dreaming. Don't stop imagining. There's nothing like living in a world where dreams are possible. And in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, God says, in those days, I will pour out my spirit on all humanity. Your children will boldly and prophetically speak the word of God. Your elders will dream dreams. Your young warriors will see visions. No one will be left out. And in those days, I will offer my spirit to all servants, both male and female. I feel like that's today. I feel like we're living in these last times and there are dreams and visions that God is passing out. And his spirit is falling on everybody, male and female alike. He's not discriminating. So when I tell you don't stop dreaming, I'm speaking to every person in this room. There's that song that Willie Wonka was singing, and he said, there's no life I know to compare to pure imagination. And I believe this is especially true when we serve a God who says in Ephesians chapter 3, by the action of his power that is at work within us, God is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. You all, I've got a wild imagination. Like, I can, I can imagine some stuff. I had, like, 17 imaginary friends as a kid. Like, I knew them all by name. We could play for hours. I can dream up some things. I can imagine some things. If you're telling me that my dreams, like the pinnacle of my dream is God's basement floor. Like the most crazy prayer I could ever think of praying for myself, of what I would love to see in my life, God is like, I'm getting ready to do something super abundantly above that. Don't stop dreaming. What I want to do in these next about 15 minutes is give you how we're going to bring God's dreams for your life to reality. See, I need you to understand something. There's dreams that we might have for ourselves, but there's also dreams that God has for us. And see, if you have a dream, that's fine. And many times we have dreams that we can accomplish on our own if we work hard enough, we study long enough, we save long enough. We can accomplish those dreams. Well, I have news for you. Any dream that you can accomplish on your own is not a God-given dream. Oh, no, because when God gives you a dream, you will look at that thing and say, are you crazy? I don't have the money for that. I don't know the right people. I don't have the resume for that. My experience doesn't line up in that area. Why would you even ask to use me for something like that? Like, it will scare you to death when God says, this is what I want. And when you tell him all the reasons why you don't qualify, he looks at you and says, that's exactly why I chose you. Because God loves a challenge. He wants the glory, and he knows if I use you, you can't take any credit. You will have to give me the glory. 
but you will receive all of the benefit. So I'm here to encourage you in 2022 that God is telling us he wants to do more. So don't stop dreaming. Now, I'm going to give you four ways that we're going to bring these dreams into reality. And I'm basing this off of Genesis 37. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read through all the scriptures. I'm going to give you the J. English Cliff Note version as we go. Please feel free to study behind me and make sure the pastor didn't tell you no lies, okay? So in Genesis 37, this is a story about a young man named Joseph. And many of you may be aware of him. Joseph, coat of many colors. Joseph that was sold into slavery. Joseph that ended up second in command of all of Egypt, whose brothers actually had to come and see him to get food for their own family. And they didn't realize he was the person they had sold into slavery all them years ago. That Joseph. Well, you've got things that went on in his life that I feel are very pertinent for what we need to know as we move into this new year. Here's the first thing that I want to give you. And all of these are for free. But I believe God is going to use them. Number one, the first thing that we have to do if we're going into 2022 and we're going to see our dreams come into reality, we want to see what God has for us become real, we have to neutralize our dream assassins. Understand that Joseph decided it was a good idea to tell everybody his dreams. Joseph had two dreams, and in both of them, everybody else was bowing down and worshiping him. So I got news for you. When you, as a young man who's already got some favoritism from your father, go tell the rest of your brothers that already don't like you, that at some point they're going to be worshiping you, that don't end well. His brothers was like, oh, really? Okay. And they plotted to kill him. They said, hey, let's kill him and throw him in a pit. And then we'll see what will become of his dreams. Dream assassins. Some of y'all is telling too many folks your dreams. Some of you are telling people that don't mean you well. You're telling the people that are actually the ones that are going to do everything possible to try to stop you. Sometimes we have to learn how to keep our dreams to ourselves unless God tells us to reveal it. Dream assassins many times dress up in disguise as friends and family. Sometimes your dream assassin might be your mama. Because can't nobody hurt your feelings like mama can. (laughs) It might be your best friend. It might be your spouse. Because see, here's how it works. When people that are closest to you don't believe in you, it damages your own self-esteem. Because in your mind, I'm already struggling with this. And if you don't believe in me, why would somebody else? But I got news for you. Dream assassins don't believe in you because they don't believe in themselves. Oh, no, they see promise in you. They see things that you can accomplish that they might not be able to, or they don't see that they could do. So how do you recognize a dream assassin? Oh, you can hear it in their speech. You can never do that. I don't see that ever happening for you. Well, I don't know. I mean, I tried that. That didn't work out so well for me. Well, maybe you should try something different. No, maybe you should try something different. Because when God gives you a dream, He's obligated to have your back while the dream progresses. And we can never forget that. So they will use their words and their actions to build a pit for you and look to keep you in bondage so that you'll never accomplish what God has called you to do. I'm here to tell you, get rid of your dream assassins in 2022. Keep some of that stuff to yourself. Take it to Jesus and take it to the few people you know that hear from God that will pray with you and that will support you as you chase the dream that God has given you. Amen. 
Here's the second thing that you need to do. You need to find mentors. I'm here to tell you, 2022, I'm giving you exactly what God has given me. He's saying, we, everybody in here, if you have a dream that you feel has not come to pass and you feel like God has given it to you, he's saying now is the time to go find some mentors. Find one, find two, find seven, find 12. I don't care. You need to find some people that are already operating in the world that you're trying to navigate. See, what people miss, Joseph sold into slavery, was sold to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar was the captain of the guard for all of Pharaoh's army. Potiphar knew information nobody else knew. He had conversations. He ran through Egypt in a very different way. And here's Joseph in Egypt for the first time. I got news for you. He didn't study YouTube to know how Egyptian culture worked before he got there. He didn't have no books. He didn't have a language professor teaching him, oh, before you get to Egypt, you might want to learn how to speak this. No, the Bible tells us he spent 11 years with Potiphar. And all that time there, he was learning. Learning how to speak the language, learning how to navigate. Understand, he's watching how the government works. He's learning how to move behind the scenes. He's seeing how Pharaoh operates. He's just gaining information and knowledge because every step of the process is being put on you to get you to where God wants you to be. Some of us get mad and we get angry, but I'm telling you, don't leave Potiphar's house until God says it's time to go. Joseph spends 11 years. He's learned so much, and he is so blessed that Potiphar, who bought him as a slave, now says, Joseph, I'm putting you in charge of my entire estate. You run everything. The Bible's so specific, it says that all Potiphar worried about was what he was going to eat. Like, am I having turkey on my sandwich? I have today. The favor of God resting on a slave. And you telling me it can't rest on you? Oh, don't tell me what God can't do. So you have this opportunity right now where we need mentors. We need to learn how to operate in this world. You need to learn how to operate whatever that ministry is that you feel God is calling you to, whatever that department is that you're running, whatever that is that God is telling you from a business standpoint you need to start, that book you need to write, that movie you need to make, whatever that is, you need to find some mentors. God is going to give us favor with people to mentor us in this community. We as a church, we need to know how to move. We need to know how to operate in Lake County. We need to know how to be a church and still work with the world. And I got news for you. It's a lot of churches that don't know how to work with the world. But there are some people who are Christians that God has set up in positions in the world that are happy to mentor us and help us navigate this so that we can be effective for Jesus here in Lake County. The power of mentors. And even if some of y'all say, Pastor Jay, I'm too old for a mentor. I'm retired. I ain't trying. I'm not trying to get a mentor. Well, you know what? You need to be a mentor then. Give some of that experience and some of that knowledge that you have. And let's push God forward. Here's the third thing that we need to do. We have to start using our God-given gifts. Many of you are gifted. And I'm telling you, in 2022, this is the year we need you to get involved. We need you involved here, yes, but by getting involved, I'm saying whatever your gifting is, you need to get involved with that wherever God opens the door. 
Some people are confused, and we talk to a lot of people, you know, well, I don't know what my gift is. I don't know what God has called me to, and that's fair. That's why you need a church family. That's why you need a church home. That's why you need pastors. That's why you need all the people God puts around you so that you can start hearing from him and also having people speak into you. So here's how you do this very quickly. How do I start figuring out what I'm gifting yet, what my God-given anointing is? What are the things that people consistently ask you to do that God consistently gives you victory in? I'm going to repeat that again. What are the things that God, that people consistently ask you to do? They make room for you to do this in their lives. And God consistently gives you victory whenever you do it. Because see, that typically shows a place of anointing. What is anointing, Pastor Jay? This is supernatural empowerment. It's when God empowers you to be successful in an area or a field or a business or an action or whatever. And it's not through you, it's through him. But whenever you operate in that place, he opens the door for you to win every time. Some of you, if you rewind over the course of your life and you start looking at what are the things I always find myself a part of? What are the things people always bring me into? People always call me and ask for this. Sometimes it gets on your nerves. Sometimes your anointing can be your greatest frustration. What's the thing that drives you nuts when you come into the house of God? Sometimes that's the exact thing that God has called you to fix. Absolutely. The thing you focus on. I met a lady, and she was so mad. We were, not this church, y'all, not this church, Okay. <laughs> She was so angry because she felt like she came into the church and nobody greeted her and made her feel good about coming to the church and talking to people. And, you know, nobody really said anything and they didn't really show me no love. Like, she was angry, angry. I said, girl, you got a hospitality gift. All she wanted to do was make people feel at home. We put her on a greeting team. Oh, she killed it. Couldn't wait to open the door for folks. Just smiling and loving on folks because you have a gift. You have an anointing in that area. And it was manifested through her frustration. So we have to use our gift. Why? Because an effective gift is one that satisfies a need of the one receiving it. Proverbs 18, 16 tells us that a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Your gift will make room for you. People try to make room for their gift. It don't work that way. You need to find your gift, and you need to operate in it. And the Bible says that you will have a room created for you. You ain't even got to fight to get into it. They'll invite you in because they see the gift being manifested. Now, according to Genesis, if we look through what happened with Joseph, he seems to have a gift of administration. It starts off with his father sending him to do things and having him bring reports back of his brothers. Okay, he moves off to Egypt. He's living with Potiphar. He ends up running the entire house. That's not normal. Matter of fact, he did it so well that Potiphar's wife wanted a piece of him. (laughs) For real. (laughs) He runs out of the house and she accuses him of trying to rape her. Gets sent to jail. The Bible tells us, though, that the man went to jail, got in good with the jail's keeper, and over the course of some years, Joseph, as the prisoner, is now running the entire jail to such an extent that the jail's keeper doesn't worry about anything. How are you going to let the prisoner run the prison? 
But when you're gifted, it doesn't matter whether it's the palace or the prison, the gift manifests itself. And then it was only a matter of time before Joseph is now sitting at the right-hand side of Pharaoh as the second-in-command administrating all of Egypt. Same gift, different platforms. Same gift, different levels. Same gift, same God. That anointing will follow you wherever you go, but you have to operate in your gift and the last thing that I have to give you before I get out of the way is as you operate in this gift, understand that that gift has been given to you to solve someone else's problem. God didn't give you the gift for you. Oh, no. He gave you the gift so that you could fix somebody else's problem and then give him the glory. And sometimes we use our gifts for a number of reasons and for a number of things that have nothing to do with God. And we use our gifts to try to make money and to try to be popular and to try to get on social media and to try to do any of a million things that people do. But I got news for you. All of these gifts were given to bring God glory and to solve other people's problems. My question, what problem are you here to solve? God made each one of us a spiritual problem solver. Everybody in this room has been supernaturally empowered to solve a specific problem. So I'm here to tell you, don't look to start a business. Look to solve a problem. You find the right problem to solve, and I'm telling you, the business will come. I'm here to tell you, don't look to start a ministry. Look to solve a problem. You solve the right problem, ministry will be done and lives will be changed. I'm here to tell you, don't be praying to God for more money. No, instead, you need to pray to God for more answers to more problems. Because you solve the right problems and money will come. God's dream, not your dream, God's dream for you, God's dream for us is to be a problem solver in the world. Do we really understand that God wants to bless us to bless others? In Genesis chapter 12, God tells Abraham, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished, and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. You all, in my dream, I see that scripture and I hear it reading, I will make of you a great church. And I will bless you with abundant increase of favors and make your name famous and distinguished. And you, your church, you all as a congregation, Journey Church Beach Park will be a blessing dispensing good to others. In my dreams, I imagine us being so blessed that we can not only provide for our own needs, but we can provide for those of our neighbors. Can you imagine being so blessed that you walk outside and your neighbor's car don't work and you just buy him a new one? See, some of y'all don't dream big enough. See, you thought I was going to say you get it fixed. I'm just saying, can you dream with me for just a second when you walk out your house and you see a problem and because somebody can't afford to pay their tuition that month and you say, you know what, matter of fact, I'm going to pay all four years just because I'm blessed. I'm talking about dreaming. I'm talking about what God can do. 
I'm talking about what he wants from us. So in my dreams, I imagine God saying, I have found Journey Church Beach Park to be a church after my own heart. Because he said that in Acts 13, 22 about David. What if God looks at you and puts your name there and says, I see you as being a person after my own heart. That's the dream. In my dreams, we're solving problems for our community. We're being the center of the community. That term, community center, that's what the church is actually supposed to be. I dream about us being the center of the community. I dream about the church being the center of the community. I dream about the church being a place where kids come for after-school care. I dream about a church that is able to help people get degrees and diplomas. I dream about a church that's able to get records expunged. I dream about a church that's providing food. I dream about a church that has... Josh Dozier, look, we was talking last week. We dream about a church that God, look, gonna have to just get rid of this building and get us a brand new one so it's, it's overrun with so many people that we finally get that building with that six gymnasium building right on the inside we dreaming and when I tell you that God has been telling me dream bigger I'm gonna keep dreaming because I don't know what he might do but if he can do above and beyond what I dream I need some of you to not stop dreaming don't give up on your dreams God wants to do more that song, Willy Wonka, there's no life I know that compares with pure imagination. And he says, living there, you'll be free if you truly choose to be. And I need to know, is it anybody in this room that chooses to dream with me today? Is it anybody here that says, Pastor Jay, I'm willing to dream in 2022. I'm going to pick up some dreams that I had put down, some things that I didn't know if God still was going to call me to. I'm ready to dream again. If that's you, I want to invite you to pull out your candle. And if you're ready to dream some more, just light it. This represents the light that God has placed within each one of us. He wants to do more. I'm going to leave you with this scripture before I walk off the stage and the worship team is going to sing a song. But it said that Jesus went to Nazareth and couldn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Jesus Christ struggled to do miracles because of their unbelief. So I want to invite you to turn this light up. Let's believe again. Let's believe in who Jesus is. Let's believe in what he's called us to. Let's believe in the dreams that he has given us. And I promise you, if we dream with him in 2022, we're going to see some amazing things happen, not just for this church, but for you individually. Because I got news for you. God can only bless other people if he blesses you first. Oh, you're not excited enough. If God wants you to give $5,000 to your neighbor, you got to have $5,000 first, right? If God wants you to bless your community, he has to bless you first. Let's put God to the test this year. Let's dream again. Let's dream again like we did as children. 
when anything was possible. Where jumping through the TV to get a lollipop seems like a rational thing to do. Because when God tells you it's possible, you better run and jump through that screen. You might just find yourself on the other side of Willy Wonka's land holding the biggest lollipop you ever had. <laughs> In the Bible, it tells us that we shouldn't hide our lights. That God didn't give them to us for us to put them under a barrel or under a basket to be hidden from the world. Instead, he said that it should be put on a lampstand for the entire world to see. I want to encourage you before we go to let your light so shine among men so that they know that Jesus is really who we say he is. Live your life in such a way that this life matters. Understand that even as you look around, you're not by yourself. In a world full of darkness, one light makes a difference. Look at all the lights that are in here. We can make a difference. And we can do it because God says we can. And if he said it, I believe it, it's done.